Welcome to the podcast, Science of High Paid, High Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we have Bob Russo. Bob Russo started off his career as a software engineer at IBM. He spent over 30 years at IBM and retired as an executive program manager. He currently owns an owns the organization for leadership advancement to provide coaching services to emerging leaders. Bob Russo is also my coach who helped me navigate my career and gave me the courage from taking minor decisions, such as setting boundaries with my manager at work to say no when work started intruding my personal life, to major life-changing decisions, such as venturing on my own to create a company that transforms engineers into rock stars. Bob Russo, welcome to our show. It's an honor to have you. Thank you, Aditi. It's great to be here. It's always great to be with you. (laughs) So um, let's start with your story. What are some of the major career decisions that help you, um, that you made that help you navigate your career from being an engineer to now owning a company that helps other leaders? Wow, that's a great question. And I will tell you some of the big decisions that I had to make in my career as an engineer. Let's start there. Yes. How some of those decisions, even though I didn't know it at the time, led to me becoming (laughs) a coach once I left once I left my career as a, as a software engineer. So, um, so way back 30 years ago, like you said, over 30 years ago, I entered IBM as a software engineer and as a programmer and loved every minute of it. And I thought that's what I would be doing for my entire career, software development, right? Put me behind a computer, give me a problem, tell uh-huh. me a requirement, tell me, the, tell me there's a business problem, I'll solve it and I'll get the computer to do what you need to do. And I love doing that. Um, and, and IBM really, really, really loved me doing it. Um, I think (laughs) one of the very funny things, um, was that IBM, uh, and you and I talked about this, you like, we've been together for a long time and we completely forget that I'm a, I'm software engineer also, or I'm an engineer also, because I do coaching now. And when I think back at my career, there was a time when IBM wanted me to become one of their premier engineers. It's called, um... Oh my gosh, what the hell? <laughs> I forget that name right, that title. Distinguished engineer. It's distinguished engineer. It's at the same level as an executive within IBM. And at one point they wanted me to go down that road, which is extremely technical and very much geared towards engineers and geared towards technical. And you learn everything technically, you go to work with the best people, solving the best technical problems, and being a distinguished engineer, which also means that you're teaching people and learning and you're part of research and development, all very exciting things. 
except they also recognized, and so did I, I work very well with people. And one of the things that I do as an, as an engineer and as a person, I work a lot with my heart as opposed to my head. So the engineering part of me is very much my head, which I get rewarded for and I got down that track of possibly becoming a distinguished engineer. But at the same time, I was working in the, in the people side of it, like managing people and projects. I ended up being a program executive which means I really manage people and get people to do things. And, I'm, and I became much better, at least for me, uh, much better at leading people on the people level, if you will, as opposed to the engineering level. All of a sudden, engineering wasn't as exciting to me as people were exciting to me. Wow. So IBM is a great company. And you get to a point where, like I said, these, these, these parallel... Um, these uh, parallel career paths, technical versus managerial, are parallel. You can go as high in the company as an engineer as you can as an executive. So I had to make a decision. So, so one question that's, uh, you made this decision from being an engineer to changing your career trajectory to become an executive instead. So what was that decision point like? Because like you said, initially we were thinking, I'm going to be an engineer for the rest of my life, but then Again, that changed. So, yeah, no, that's a great, that's an, yeah, I'll tell you what it was like. It was, it was, it was, it was easy for me because one of the things was I wasn't going to be moving away from engineers. Now I'm going to be managing engineers. So it's not like I'm going to go be a manager of HR or a manager of salespeople or a manager. I'm going to actually be managing my people, engineers, but I wasn't going to be one of them. I wasn't going to be excelling as an engineer. I, didn't, I wasn't looking to invest the next 10 years of my life in IBM to become the best engineer. I was looking to become the best executive. And so, but executive of engineers. And IBM makes it very easy because again, like I said, I can go up either way as high as I want. And it really, again, use my talents because one of the things like I said, I moved from my head to my heart. I always say that. I started to work with people like at their level, where they are and what motivated them and where they, where they wanted to go. That became very important to me. And IBM is terrific too. As soon as I made that switch, they sent me to school. Um, it was a two or three week program taught by MIT engineers, um, uh, professors, uh, managing technical professionals is what it was called. And then they also, IBM also um, paid for my, me to go back to get an MBA in um, technical management or managing technic, uh, technical, uh, it was an MBA in, you know, not the business part, but managing technical professionals, that type of thing. And now all of a sudden, not only was this is a great pivot point for me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be an engineer, but I'm going to be working with engineers. How do you manage engineers to get the most out of them? And so, uh, one thing I will I do want to impart to your to your to your audience, which might be helpful, any whether you're an engineer or you're managing engineers, is um, we are a unique bunch. We're not like most other people. Give us a problem and we will solve it. Don't ask us when we're going to get it done. Don't ask us what the status is. Don't ask us how far are you going. Don't ask anything like that. You don't have to. You just know that if I'm, if I have a problem, I am going to solve it. 
and I will figure it out. I will use all my brain power to figure it out. And the more you ask me, the more irritated I get. Don't ask me the detail. And I, because I'm solving problems that nobody else solves. You know, I'm, it's a unique engineering problem. Um, and I'm creating something, I'm creating. I don't know exactly what, I'll know when I get there. So that's, as an engineer, that's very exciting because I get to do that. But as a manager, that's very frustrating. Oh my God, wait a second. <laughs> I'm a project manager. I got to know when this thing is going to be done. I got to know when. And so it's a, it, you have to learn, there's a technique on how to deal with Profession, uh, technical professionals. They need little amount of work. They need little amount of guidance. They need absolutely no mi micromanagement. And if you do, you're just going to be setting things back. Um, they do appreciate, or at least I found that most engineers appreciate giving data. So as the executive of engineers, what data do I need from them? And when do I need it in order to run my business? And be very succinct about it. I need you to tell me X on Tuesday. You know, if I'm, and if I never ask you, I'm getting X on Tuesday. I know it. As long as they understand what, how that data fits into my business, and I got to be very transparent with technical professionals and tell them everything about the business. They understand that they don't care about the business. They only care about solving the problem, but they respect the fact that I need data in order to run the business. And then I'm very, very, very succinct about the data that I need from engineers. It's not just, you know, did you sign your time card? Did you, did you fill out your performance review? Did you, no, I want data on what they're solving. And it helped. I mean, there's just that kind of, that kind of, um, there's a whole, uh, a whole approach and a whole study on how to, how to deal with technical professionals. And it's don't ask them for detailed information that has nothing to do with what they're doing. They don't care about the business, but they care about getting their, they care about getting everything done correctly and, and right. Does that make any sense? It does. And, and thank you. And that makes a lot of sense. You're giving suggestions both from the management perspective and also from an engineer's perspective. Yeah. Um, on, of course, engineers don't like to be micromanaged and just, Know, give them a little bit of information that they need to produce. And as long as engineer, you can meet those deliverables, you're good, right? And, and you know, instead of getting into all the details on how, because they, they know the how part. Yes, they do. They know exactly how to do what they're doing. That's their trained professionals to do that. And they will do that. The other thing that I know that they can re they respect and they respond to is how do they fit into the business? What are the touch points? Why is it important for what they're doing? How does that get to the bottom line of the business? Telling them that kind of thing, you know, not overblowing it, but, you know, giving them that kind of information, I think they get a lot more respect for the business. You know, Bob is asking for these things, not just because he's being a pain in the neck or he doesn't trust me. It's because it, it, it really, it, it relates to the bottom line. It relates to our stockholders. It relates to what we're doing. He has to, the business needs to know what I'm doing. I have to give them the right information. And they don't mind having that knowledge that, but they don't need it every single day that they're doing to solve the problem. And, um, and so I had that, I had that opportunity to, to do it both ways, to be the engineer who said, leave me alone. I'm going to get this mm -hmm. thing done. And then to be on the other end, to be able to say, well, I think I, you know, I'm going to have to handle, I know how to handle you differently. And I know what you want. I know what you respect. 
and you're just part, you're part of the team. I have a job here and it's called management. It's called executive and it's called keeping the business running. And you have a part here. It's called solving the problems. And you do that 10 times better than I do. Um, and I'll let you do it. Love that. So Bob, um, going back to what you previously said, which is that I thought I'll be engineer for the rest of my life. There is an engineer who feels that way. What is the suggestion you have for them to shift their career trajectory to something different? I, and again, I don't think this is going to be an answer for every engineer, but for those that are looking to move out of the realm of you know, technical and more into a realm of people, if that helps to answer it, it's if you have that calling to work with people that, you know, just because I'm an engineer doesn't mean that I don't have, I can't think with intuition. I can't think with heart. I can't think with, wait a second, um, you know, dealing with people, working with people. Like I said, most engineers that I know want to sit behind the computer, leave me alone in the, in the room. In my, in the old days it was, you know, give me a pack of cigarettes and a pizza at two o'clock in the morning. And I'll <laughs> And that's fine. But then there's this uh, one or two engineers in an entire group that also gets, wait, I know how to communicate with people. I communicate with them. I'm interested in them. I want to know what motivates them as well as all of the engineering stuff. And so if you have that kind of leaning, again, think about like, I, like if you can, how do you continue to work in a technical field while you're managing people and moving in that direction? I think that make it close to answering the question. Yes, it, it, it did. So Bob, you currently own the organization for leadership advancement and you transform people's lives through, uh, through helping them with their careers and personal lives. So what's your superpower that enables you to do that? Ooh. <laughs> um, um, uh, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's this, it's something that I've kind of recently learned is that in the world of leadership, I don't create followers, I create other leaders. And so very early on in my leadership development, I thought, okay, I gotta get these people to follow me. And what I learned is, and as I grew in terms of my career, and then of course as being a coach, um, no, I've got to teach you how to be the best leader for yourself and for other people. So now I'm a leader of leaders. I create leaders. I don't create people who follow Bob Russo and who need Bob Russo. When I was an executive, I never treated anybody as somebody, you have to follow me. It was, how do I create you to be the best leader of your life, of your project, of what you need? What do you need from me in order to do your job as opposed to following me? Um, uh, you know, and as, a, as, a, as an IBM executive, I always said, um, or taking on any project within IBM, it was from the first day, how do I work myself out of a job? Because once I work myself out of a job, then I know that um, I'm no longer needed, if you will. And as a leader, how do I work myself out of a job is when other, when, when the people who are working with me can lead themselves. Same thing in coaching. It's the same thing. People come to me and they want leadership qualities. They want to become a leader. Um, 
it's how do you lead yourself first and then how do you lead other how do you create leaders of others and how do i how do i stop the the taint the time that you become the best coach possible is when your clients leave you and say i don't need you any longer that's when i know i've done my job <laughs> i love that and and the main difference that i heard is in the first uh, example you gave which is that i want people to follow me there's a lot of ego it's all about me in the second example there's nothing about you you're just turning them into a leaders and they're being their best version a good point it's all about your ego whenever you're coming from your ego base uh it can be very effective because you need to get things done and you know how to do it you're going to tell others how to do it but if you do that too often or for too long people are not going to respect you and people are not going to you could burn people out they're not going to want to work with you but if you're teaching people how to be a leader and how to do things on their own and how to grow as a person they'll love you they'll love you they'll respect you uh, forever and they'll be thankful for everything that you've taught them so leaders create other leaders they don't create followers i love, love that that's a great quote so uh, bob earlier um, you alluded to if uh, to calling if a engineer has a calling to do something else you are capable of achieving a certain goal that you have and you also spoke about tapping into your heart and intuition how much access did you have to your heart and intuition when you were an engineer yeah so again very fortunate to be working in a in a organization like IBM which i'm sure many other people are very all fortunate to work in organizations like this but for me it was mentoring it was a great mentoring program with an IBM and if i worked in an organization where there was not a great mentoring program i created one and i always had mentees i always had a mentor somebody that i could look up to and kind of show me the way but being a mentor being able to take people and show help them show the way was the way that i kind of discovered i'm good at communicating and motivating and getting people to do what they want to do and that one to one relationship with people that ability to help somebody with their career that ability to to be there for them them not there for me right i'm an executive and you're not again you're not here for me for me to exceed i'm here to help you exceed and succeed and meant the mentor the mentor program helped me tremendously to give me that to give me that insight that i can work with people one on one and help them with their careers so for the 3 or 4 years before i actually retired from ibm i thought that i would be a mentor that that's what i would do i would be a mentor for other project managers other software developers you come to me and i will mentor you and then i got in i heard learned about something called coaching and i said coaching different than mentoring and coaching is really giving the uh the differences mentoring i'm telling you how i did it and helping you figure out how you can do it based on the way that i found my path oh gosh i did that 30 years ago you weren't mm-hmm. even born yet and so how is my what i did relevant to what you're doing today or even if i did it yesterday it's not relevant to you because that's my experience on how i got through this i can share that with you and it might take you to this level as a mentor mentee relationship but as a coach i'm there co-creating your future and helping you get even further than i could get you as a mentor and that very much excited me so 
mentoring within IBM helped me understand that I could do things one-on-one -on -one with people, which led me to possibly becoming a mentor after, after I left IBM, which led me to be coaching, which says I can, I can really help people in a much more powerful way as a coach. Because coaching, as you know, is a unique uh, conversation that you don't have with anybody else in your life because it's all um, the most important person in the room is not the coach, but the coachee, the person that I'm coaching is the most important person. I don't know what the answers are. We're going to figure that out together. And I know how to ask questions to go deep to find out answers that you haven't even allowed yourself to come up with yourself. And it's, it's exponential. It's like mentoring. I can tell you what to do, but then that's just as far as you're going to go. Coaching, I'm going to get you to do things that neither one of us are realizing that you're capable of doing or even want to do or recognizing what's keeping you from doing that and getting rid of those barriers. That's what a coach does. Love that. The metaphor I heard in a gym, a CrossFit gym comes to my mind when you discuss, say that because in CrossFit gym, what they tell you is your scale of increasing weights and pushing yourself is limitless is yes. what they tell. And, and coaching is also the same thing. There's no limit to your potential. As a coach, you can get them to wherever yes. they would like to. Yes. I, I love that. I love that because I do this with clients too. I and I use the gym metaphor. Like if I'm your mentor and you want to learn, let's say your goal is to run two miles. Okay. So as a mentor, I know that week one, you run a quarter of a mile. Week two, you run a half a mile. Week three, you'll run you know, three quarters of a, a, a mile and a half quarter. And we just increase it down the path until you get to two miles. That's mentoring. That's right? like how I did it. Then I said, okay, no, get on the treadmill and put a towel over the, um, the gauges and just keep running until you can't run anymore. <laughs> I love that. I and, love they, that. And, and they exceed. And sometimes in the first or second, second try, they exceed whatever we've set was going to be, whatever we thought the set limit was going to be. Um, if, if I was going to put you as a mentor on a path, let's just, it's, 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 it's incapable. Don't think about the angle. Just do, 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 do run, 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 run. So you can't run anymore. You'll exceed all your goals. So how can my audience reach out to you if they would like to seek you? Ooh, I would love to hear from anyone. Um, you can go on to, ola-center.com. So it's OLA for Organization for Leadership Advancement, the little dash and the word center. It's the Organization for Leadership Advancement Center.com. And there you can, you can schedule a strategy session for me. There's a little contact, how to contact me uh, page. And there, just schedule a strategy session. It's 30 minutes. I'll sit and talk with you about anything you want to talk about. Um, 30 second, 30 minutes with Bob Russo is wonderful. You can also go to my um, email, which is Bob, B-O-B, at E-X-E-C-G-C.com. That's Bob at E-X-E-C-G-C.com. And that stands for Executive Game Changer, ExecGC.com, um, Game Changer, because I'm the Executive Game Changer. I'm here to uh, break all your rules that got you to where you are now so that you can go even further. 
I'll also leave your contact information in the description or the podcast so they can look it up. Thank you. <clears throat> yes. So any, any, uh, any final messages uh, uh, that, that might help the audience? Really none. I just, this is a pleasure being with you. Thank you so much for letting me share a little bit about my history. And maybe there's somebody out there that I could talk with for 30 minutes. And even within 30 minutes, I change lives. And then there's no, I create leaders in 30 minutes. And then maybe my job is done. I agree to that. And it is actually, it doesn't require 30 minutes for Bob. He can do it in 10 minutes. I've seen, seen that. Uh, so seen. I offer that to anybody. And there's no cost to that. Um, yeah. 30 minutes with me and or as long as you need with me in order to get to something. Just spend some time with me. I love spending time with people. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Bob, for being here on the show and for sharing some nuggets of your of wisdom that you have experienced for yourself through your career. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at aditya at who we are dot io it's a d i t y a at who we are dot io